Welcome to episode 35, Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball, our Story Mode Every Game podcast, the official podcast of StoryModeGaming.com, brought to you by Fan Critical. I'm head of the volleyball team, Jesse Munro, and I'm joined by my, hmm, wingman, Gillan Simpson. Jesse, that's the first intro I've ever approved of. Well done. <laughs> and our senior sports scientist, why would I cho- choose to say so many S's in a row? That was, that was, mm, yeah, mm. for someone with a lisp, that mm, was pretty, mm. pretty dumb. Simon Evans. <laughs> <laughs> but also, can, can someone please explain the concept of dead or alive beach volleyball to me? Because I don't get it. Well, sometimes you have a fight with your friends, okay? And you're like, how can we solve our differences? And then somebody puts their hand up and says, let me tell you about a little film called Top Gun. Where... Maverick has problems with his fellow recruits in the in the in the flight school, and how do they resolve issues? Volleyball, extreme okay. beach volleyball, extreme beach volleyball. You can't say enemies after beach volleyball. That's science. Can confirm. Looks very- Simon, you should know that I'm you're right. a chief sports scientist. Exactly. <laughs> I haven't actually ever looked directly into extreme beach volleyball specifically. My area of expertise is more um, like virtual games, such as Mario Football and Mario Tennis. And I mean, it's, it's more virtual games, such as Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> not not real world extreme beach volleyball. That holds no interest. Oh, no, no, no. You can't. You can't do that. That's no. banned in most states. Um, <laughs> The antithesis. I, I also just like the I I, I love the whole extreme. Like whoever, whichever marketing guru guru in the probably the mid nineties thought, hey, you know the E in extreme, don't need it. <laughs> X extreme, that's cool. We'll send we'll sell so much fucking energy drinks and Pepsi with this. Um, it's so many fire shirts, so much beach volleyball games. <laughs> Speaking of beach volleyball, how are we doing? Good. How's things? Yeah. Good? Yeah, good. Yeah. I do kind of wish I was on a beach. That's a lie. I don't actually like beaches. You're in WA. You've got nice beaches. We, but yeah, we do, do but I, I'm not a fan of beaches. I've been, I haven't been to the beach in like 10 years. No time for it. Probably for the best. Yeah. Like Anakin, hate sand. Same. It mm. is rough. It also, is coarse. And it does get everywhere. Deleted scene. He also says he hates water. And women and children, too. And women and children, too. Well, wait, and, I thought we were talking about Anakin, not Donald Trump. Hey! Cop <laughs> uh, <laughs> that. Look, look at that. A bit of political commentary from Story Mode. Hey, if you live in, Cutting if, edge. If you, hey, if you live in America, can you, um, can you vote, please? Yeah, vote Biden. Vote, <laughs> vote for the better one, eh? I mean, it's... <laughs> I, I saw this really good video. I know this is completely off topic, and I'm sorry that we're sidetracking the episode so so shortly. Yeah, into no, it. we came we came in strong talking about video games for once. Admittedly, the game was Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball, <laughs> but we came in strong for once. But um, you derailed us. Yeah, <laughs> that I watched this um like 25 minute video that this guy put up, and he was comparing Joe Biden to a cashew nut, and he's like, I don't like cashew nuts. I don't like Joe Biden. Joe Biden's pretty shit. But he's not someone who's literally spreading a virus. He's, you know. He spent 25 minutes just, comparing him to a cat. Like, 
I understand like a part of the video he compared to a cashew nut, but in my head, I imagine the whole 25 minutes was finding the similarities and differences between Joe Biden and a cashew nut. And you're, he stretched that out for all that time. You're kind of not wrong, actually. Because he oh, I am so jealous of that ability. Because whenever I try to write like on the website, stormodegaming.com, yeah. whenever like a small bit of news comes out, I'm like, oh, how do I how do I add to this? Because this could all this could be done in one sentence, or it could be five paragraphs. How do I add to it? I'm gonna, I'm gonna start comparing all news to different sorts of nuts. All right, cool. So Jesse's latest, Jesse's latest thing is entirely my fault. So I apologise to any mm. devoted readers of. Welcome to Gaming. nut, to nut mode. <laughs> oh, we can have a nut meter and compare. Like, <laughs> nut mode. Not, no, no, no. Either porn site. <laughs> Mm-mm. I realised as soon as I said it. Okay. Well, gotta get it, gotta get it done early because it's almost no nut November. Speaking of, also, I just really like looking ahead of the, of the things we're going to talk about today. This is going to be the first time we mentioned masturbating. <laughs> it's one of those episodes. Uh, Speaking of the antithesis of masturbation, Mario, little Super Mario himself, comes off a new kart game this week, Mario Kart Live, um, Home Circuit is now on sale. Minecraft Live is another fucking weird thing to come from Nintendo. We have little RC cars driving around your apartment or your house or what have you with little cameras attached to the top that you can watch through your Switch. Um, And it uses AR to turn your floor into the racetrack. It has a bunch of sensors on it. It uses um, like these cardboard checkpoints and stuff. It looks fun. They yep. look a lot. The carts are a lot smaller than I. I, I was kind of worried that they're going to be small. And they are pretty small for something like like hundred and sixty odd bucks. How how big are they compared to like a banana or something? Well, one <laughs> yeah. of my mates. Uh, one of my mates. Uh, Owen. Hey, Owen. Showed me a photo of it compared to like a hat. It's like a, a half a hat. Okay. A normal hat, not like a ten gallon hat. Okay. So it's not yeah. a five gallon cart. Five a, gallon <laughs> cart. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I like this weird shit. Also, one of my favorite things is people um, playing it are finding that their pets, mainly cats, are really curious about these cards. So they'll be racing around, and then a cat just walks over, like, just stares into it. And because the camera's sort of at cat eye level when they bend down a little bit on the screen, you just get this massive cat face looking at you. I kind of um, want to get one just for that reason alone. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like a lot of the videos, like they'll go around a corner and you'll see underneath the couch and you'll see the cat just like laying underneath the couch <laughs> and their eyes follow the cart as it goes around. It's terrifying. I'm a little That's bit disappointed just- <laughs> that they're not big enough to actually place the cat on top of it so that you can race the cat around, you know, Roomba style. That'd yeah. That would be really cool. <laughs> oh, that's a thing. So what you I, I reckon you can do that. Hang on. I reckon you can put your cat on your Roomba because a lot of cats seem to like sitting on Roombas. And if you've got one of those really fancy ones where you can plot the the like course that you're going to make your Roomba go, <laughs> race the Roomba racing. with your Mario Kart. All right. Oh, my God. We've got a competitor now for Nintendo's product. Guys, we've got to make this happen. <laughs> Let's fucking do it. When you said that, Simon was like, hold on a moment. I thought you were going to go get your cat and a Roomba and be like, okay, let's try something right now. I have a crazy idea. My cat- Stop recording, guys. I've got a million dollar idea. My this cat is, is asleep behind crazy. me. Um, you guys can sort of see him. There. Not, not, not asleep. Resting for the next big race. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. He's a- Meditating. <laughs> I just want to drive one of these carts around to find all the coins and shit underneath my couch. Like, imagine looking underneath the fridge, you see, like, a grape from a year ago. 
crazy it's turned into worth wine. the 160 bucks itself. Yeah. <laughs> Grab a straw, drink yeah. it from underneath the fridge. Damn like a straight. real champion. <laughs> But with, <laughs> with that being said, like this is one of those things I have looked at when when it first was announced. I was like, "Oh, this shit looks really cool." Problem is, in my house at the moment, I do not have the space for that at all. I have I two cats, three dogs, and it would not go down very well. Well, you'd need more Roombas. Yes, that's true. You need one for everyone. But that, that's the issue that I think a lot of people are having in the all in all the ads and stuff that Nintendo put out. It's like. Oh, look at these millennials with big houses. It's like, that? What? <laughs> that what are you happen. talking about? <laughs> we live in single rooms. <laughs> Just <laughs> rooms. Also, okay. so I, I love the idea, but I think this is yet another. And I love Nintendo for doing some weird shit, but this oh, is another weird Nintendo idea that's not going to get a sequel. It's going to be a one off. It's a bit of fun. Yeah. But I think for what it is, it's cool. Mm, I agree. I think uh, I said it before, but uh, the moment these things start hitting the bargain bin, I'm going to pick one up because I love the idea oh, so oh, much. Sure. I just yeah. don't want to pay the $120 or whatever it is for one of them. So to sort of celebrate the, the weird and wild peripherals and add-ons and weird bullshit you can get with games, we thought we'd start a new, a new series. So we'll have these every now and then. We're going to talk about some of the, yeah, the weird shit you get. And to start off with, let's... Talk about another weird Nintendo thing that I bought in the bargain bin a few weeks, uh, a few months ago. The Nintendo Labo originally came out in 2018. So like I mentioned before with the Mario Kart um, AR system, it uses checkpoints. And these are made out of thick sort of industrial cardboard. That's basically what Labo was. It was part of Nintendo's Toys to Life. Remember Toys to Life, guys? Oh my God, like yes I do. Thing? As I would say, Keelan, as people who used to work at EB Games, we remember Toys to Life real well. Dude, I could. <laughs> I, I, I can't do it anymore, Fuck. but I used to be able to name all of the Skylanders. Oh, dear God. Uh, <laughs> working working the Skylander Christmas um, and having just pants come in there and just get so mad because I can't even remember the characters. They're all the red one and it was super rare. But they just expect... You can't get it. Anyway... Doesn't exist. Go away. Get out of the store. <laughs> I, I have to give them credit. I met a lot of very dedicated parents who knew all of the Skylanders' names off by heart as well. They put down pre-orders for their kids and they showed genuine real interest in their child's hobbies. That was kind well, of awesome. I, well, I would. I always had people coming in with like lists and all these things were crossed out. It looked like the bride's kill list from Kill Bill. <laughs> and it was always just that one name left. It was like, fucking hell, don't put me on the list. But I'm weak. No, but I mean, with that being said, because I remember um, one of my siblings was like sort of got into it, and he he was at sort of the right age. Like, he was the older side of the target demographic when it first came out, and I was like, "Oh shit, there's Spyro. That's cool." And I was mm. interested because of that. Mm. And then, oh look, shit, there's Cinder. Sweet. And then everyone else, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> give me Spyro any day. But it, the Spyro was also like. Oh, Spyro tried meth. Yeah, it was weird. And then same with Crash. Uh, got a bit weird. But back to my point with Labo. Labo was a, a two-part kit. So part of it was a game. Part of it was a card cardboard model kit, basically. Um, the whole point of this was to get children's imagination going. It was a whole STEM thing. So science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. It was teaching them all these important tools. And I think as an educational tool, it was really cool. So these kits came in various forms. There was the variety kit, 
which came with five individual toy cons. It's sort of a, a tasting platter of what the system could do. It had two remote control cars, which use the vibrations of the Joy-Con to sort of momentum the cars around. A fishing rod, where you would slide the Joy-Con in, you use a little cardboard reel, and reel in a fish. Pretty cool. A toy piano, which is really, really impressive. It had a full octave of keys. Um, and became really big after a performance on The Tonight Show, the Jimmy Fallon one. Ugh, Jimmy Fallon. Ugh. Um, but it had the roots. Great. And also my future wife, Ariana Grande, fan of the show. There's also <laughs> a motorbike uh, Joy-Con thing, which is like the motorbike handles. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Got a motorbike. Great. Good for you. Um, which also worked with Mario Kart 8. Yes. Um, and a house containing a little slot to insert uh, different components that would sort of match up with the game. House, house looked cool. Didn't do fuck all. The robot <laughs> kit was really cool, though. It had a, a visor with one Joy-Con in it to track where you were looking and a backpack that sort of had all these pulleys and levers and strings and bobs um, that could track where your hand and feet were, so how you were moving them. So it, it looked quite simplistic, but there was a lot going on in there. Um, the vehicle kit, the vehicle kit there, is the one that I've got. You can make a car, a plane, and a submarine. And it, make, it uses the Joy-Cons as like keys, so you can slot it into each one and you can swap between them pretty quickly. And then you also had the VR kit, which came out mm. like a year after the initial um, yeah. Lego kits. Yeah. And it kind of worked like the Google Cardboard. Yes. Um, also, Nintendo went out and tweaked uh, Breath of the Wild, well, most notably Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey to work in sort of VR. Quasi-VR, yeah. It, yeah, it was like it was kind of like watching a uh, a movie or something like that on the PSVR, where it's like a screen in front of you. It wasn't you're not in the world. Mm. Um, now it did well. It was with Smash Bros. Actually, um, they modified it to, to work with Smash Bros. for VR. Now mm. that I can imagine worked pretty cool. Because oh man, uh, so, could so, you imagine a Smash Bros. that works like Astro's Playroom on PSVR, where you're like you can go around. Oh, oh man, that would be cool. Call me up, Nintendo. Oh, I just gave you the ID for free, didn't I? Fuck. You know what, Nintendo? Ah. Just just call us up in general and let's just chat. Like, um, I'll talk to you. Uh, yeah. Don't listen to me complain about Nintendo in the last episode. Don't worry about that. I've changed. Yeah. <laughs> call, call us. Now, the Labo did really, really well when it first came out. It sold over 90,000 copies in the first week in Japan. Um, and then as of March 2019, which is kind of the furthest back I could find data for this, one point, almost 1.4 million Units sold it worldwide, is. and okay. it won dozens of awards, but it sort of died off. The kits were like seventy to eighty bucks at launch. That's mm. US. Um, yeah. Once they're built, they're a bit too big. I'll get into that in a moment. And also, once they're built, they're they're built. They're done. You can't really take it apart and then rebuild it as like Lego something else Ooh. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have that re- replayability per se. Um, so like I said, I got the vehicle kit. It was 25 bucks for my EB games. Like, fuck it. I was always curious about this. Back when I used to write, I used to write on, uh, Medium. Um, I did a whole article thing on, on Nintendo Labo when it was first announced. Cause it got me really excited. I'm like, I like how different it is, but I also like how, as somebody who likes to build stuff and likes the creative side of things, I really like this way of sort of teaching younger generations to, get involved with the mechanical side of things, the science part of it. Um, and also, you know, playing games. Pretty fucking cool. So I got this kit. Um, it's like 20 big pieces of cardboard. You pop them all out. It's like building a, 
a Zoid. You pop the game cartridge in your Switch and it's got the instructions on there. Really easy to follow. It, it was a blast to build. And as you're building, it's like, how can this possibly work together? So the Joy-Cons have like an IR sensor on them. Yeah. And on the inside of certain parts of the Joy-Con, you'd put little stickers and little reflective pads, which would help track your move, the movement within a certain space. So, for example, with the plane um, part of the vehicle kit, it's a joystick. It's actually a really, really good joystick as well. Like a flight stick, sorry. So you, you pop your Joy-Con in the top and it would track where it is in conjunction with a, a little pad that was centered at the bottom. Um, and then you got the, the steering wheel. Same kind of deal and you had all these different like levers and knobs and pulleys and stuff in it to have boost and blah, 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 blah indicators and such i guess <laughs> and also a little slot at the top so you can actually sit your uh your screen on the top and you could play it like an arcade racer um and then the submarine one was like two wheels i don't know how a submarine drives do you dr- this is not the first time i've talked about how a submarine drives in a podcast surely i don't know how you do it like is it like a button or a big wheel like a ship i don't know but apparently it works as like some sort of box that you twist handles on either side of it i i I don't know maybe that's a lie but i can't disprove it (laughs) that's pretty pretty useless but so you you build these things you chuck them on and in the game you're just like driving the vehicles around stuff like that it's nothing crazy i know the the robot one has a bit more of an in-depth story per se to it um but once you you play for a little bit it's like oh okay i'm done i'm sure for kids it lasted longer because you can also they come with like stickers and Stencils so you can paint them, but also once you painted them or you put the stickers on, they're not coming off. No. You're done. And this is where the biggest problem came in for me. They're too big. How do you store them? You know what I did when I built them? Built them, played them. Okay, that was cool. Opened up the cupboard, chucked them in there, and now they're taking up room. It's a shame because they're they're a cool thing. Put them on display. Put them on a stand. Where? I don't know. Here's my card. Here's my cardboard. Gaze in awe at my cardboard. You gotta buy a new set of shelves for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Nintendo should labor me over some shelves and I'll build them out of cardboard. To be fair, actually, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. If there was like Nintendo Labo idea. shelves <laughs> you can put together. Look, that would actually be pretty cool. See, that's the thing. The the engineering behind the labo kits is extraordinary. These are made with so much love and detail and stuff like that. And they're a delight to build. Um, I would like to see Nintendo continue with this in a different form. Hell, furniture would be pretty cool. <laughs> you bring up a really cool point. The, the, these kits are strong. So it's really good. Like it, it's industrial grade cardboard. Yeah. But also just the way it's folded and cut and the way you position everything, it just amplifies the strength of it. I was really impressed. Some of the bits, like if you want to crush them, you'd be really hard pressed to. So they're relatively kid-proof. They look um, seriously uh, like it's it's like next-level engineering. I really love what they've done with these things, um, but it just doesn't seem practical in any shape because it is it using those tools hasn't been applied properly on the software side. I think like it's so limited. Yes, yeah. I would love if more games utilize it. That's the thing. The game's won awards and it sold really, really well. So I, I, I don't quite think Nintendo's 
done with it. And like I said, that when they've used a level of Labo in the um, the new Mario Kart game. So I want to see where this goes. I mean, yes. would there be anything that they could release in future that would, that would tempt you to get a Labo-esque experience? Yes. All right. I don't know if you guys remember Wii Music. Yes. Um, and how that was something that was teased right at the very beginning of the Wii's life when it was first, like when it was called the Revolution, and they were like, "Oh, you know, you can conduct an orchestra, blah blah blah." Give me oh, yes. more music stuff. Give me a cardboard yeah. drum kit. Give me a cardboard guitar. We've already got the piano, and also if and you for not, it's the best one. Yeah, it's it's. I think lots of people argue it's the most fun thing to build and then use. Um, so like we've already got we've already got the the little keyboard. Give me give me some more instruments. Make it a music cool. thing, and I'm in. I am a hundred percent in. Hmm. Do you know what I would love to see on top of that as well? So, if you are making these instruments and stuff, I would love to see the ability, or at least the space. Nintendo doesn't even need to do it themselves for the community to step in and go like, "Hey, I want to use a little Raspberry Pi and plug it into this thing and turn it into like an actual like MIDI controller or something, so that Fuck, I can use yes. it with my real computer to make yeah. real music." That I'd would be amazing. They can't, they kind of want you to do that when you get the kit. It comes with a few extra stickers here and there, and it it it, can t- it tells you how they work. So it's sort of trying to get people like, "Hey, this is how they work. Go nuts, make something." Um, and I, I wish. I couldn't really find anything. I'm sure there is a hardcore X-Stream with an X-Labo community out there that is putting together all sorts of weird fucking Gundam suits and shit like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. With with cardboard, which would be rad. Mm. I, I, I thought this would have taken off of people selling their own kits. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I, I think this is kind of kind of cool. I, I would spend well, I was money com- on more adult kind of things. Well, um. Mm. Like actually, like model, model kit. Give me like a, a a Zoid. Like I said, give me a Zoid model kit out of cardboard. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, oh, like, yes. with that being said, like you know, making your own kits and stuff. I was kind of expecting it to take that route, but kind of similar to Lego, where you know some of the incredibly creative people will create. So, like most most of the preset model kits for Lego have an A and a B configuration, and then some clever fucking buggers come up with like a C, a D, an E, and well, oh, like all the way down to fucking yeah. Z configurations using the pieces that you get in one pack. They just go, bam, here's all the things you can fucking make. Go nuts. And the Lego community's the best. Oh, they're mm. insane. And it's amazing to look at. And, you know, cool. Yeah, just pay me a dollar sixty for these instructions. And that's it, you know? And I was kind of hoping it would take a similar route. With Labo, Damn. like I was, I was hoping, like, yeah, cool, get the piano kit, but instead of putting it in this slot, you want to, you know, fold it backwards and put it in a different slot. And hey, look, now it's more of a guitar. It's now it's a keytar. Enjoy, you know. Well, like something like that. So I think the pieces that pop out are quite defined. So if somebody is able to do that, holy shit, you should be running NASA. <laughs> I was kind of <laughs> expecting people to buy their own, like you know, work out in their in their smart brains that I don't have something that they could think would work with the whole library system um, get a uh, like an etcher or something like that what's like another 3D printer something that cuts a cutter a router whatever not even a router uh, the thing that William Osmond uses on YouTube I don't know what a CNC called. machine yes the laser cutter thing 
turn it down, put your industrial cardboard in there, etch out the the pop-outs, and mail them to people. Yeah. Yeah. Second right. great business idea of this show. Yeah, awesome. We're on a roll, guys. Well, <laughs> speaking of... Like, sorry. Speaking of bad business ideas, Keelan. Next up, we've got the Xbox One Connect. Well, the Xbox Connect, because I think it also came up for the three. Yes, uh, we got a lot to talk about with this. All right, so do you guys remember Star Wars Connect? I remember it existing. I remember there was a pretty cool, like, R2 um, Xbox 360 that came out alongside it. Yes, there was. That oh, was yeah, the, that was cool. That I, was the best thing to come out of the entire Connect. Oh thing yeah, whatsoever. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. I I um, remember the nonsense around that. Yeah, there was there was a lot of stuff happening around the Connect. So for people who don't know what the Connect is, it's essentially a camera um, that you plug into your console, your Xbox console, and it can see you and it can sense depth as well as track your your motion your the motion of your your limbs um back in the the late 2000s motion gaming was a huge thing because of the success of the Wii. yeah sorry about it (laughs) don't apologize for it i think it was great i think it was awesome (laughs) Wii sports was fan freaking tastic and that turned gaming into a thing that literally everybody could enjoy and people as didn't immediately own- <laughs> write off as like a child's plaything. As owner of a PlayStation Move, I thank you, Nintendo, for this gift. <laughs> the only thing you've ever used the PlayStation Move for is for VR, and don't even lie. VR, and even, and even then, it's the worst part of it by far. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Grab these two alien dicks. Yeah, they're your guns now, apparently. <laughs> or like, imagine putting on like an Oculus Quest, and it's like, cool, now grab your Wii remote. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh. That's disappointing. <laughs> Could you imagine? But it's the same technology, I think, in the in the PlayStation Move controllers, uh, more or less, as what was in the Nintendo Wii controllers. So the fact that the PSVR is actually able to use them is kind of a miracle in and of itself. But then, yeah, Connect went that next step further and just got rid of the controller and was like, no, yeah, you are right. the controller. Microsoft's the controller, like, yeah. okay, what's the next step beyond this? Take away the controllers remove any sort of nuance or control that you actually have over your character or whatever it is you're controlling. Let's just throw that out the window and you can flail around with your limbs to try and make something happen on screen. That's what they did. The first Kinect didn't work fantastic, but it did work in some ways um, in that uh, you can accurately sense depth. Um, You can actually do some really incredible things with the Kinect not connected to an Xbox 360, but connected up to a PC instead. You can do rudimentary uh, 3D scans of things using software that um, the, I guess, the homebrew community has designed to interface with the Kinect. So I, I watched a video earlier today where a guy scans a um, Iron Man helmet in using the Xbox 360 Kinect, and it looks surprisingly good. And it's, you know, it's not terribly expensive to do that kind of thing. It's kind of great. But as far as games go, they tried to sell a lot of stuff. They tried to sell a lot of, like, fancy ideas. And there's one that I wanted to bring up. We've already mentioned Star Wars Connect. And, you know, that was its own thing. But in 2009, everybody's 
favorite joking trickster bullshit artist, Peter Molyneux, <laughs> he pitched an idea called Project Milo. Have you guys heard of Project Milo? It no. does, does ring a bell. Because the Connect was called Project Natal, Natal, wasn't it? Natal, yeah. And I remember people were like, oh, yeah, Project Natal is shaping up to be pretty interesting. Alongside this Project Milo. I remember I remember that being, it was part of the conversation. But then after mm-hmm. the Connect came out, I didn't really hear much more about it. More, yeah, like cool. Peter Milo knew. <laughs> Peter. <sighs> Peter, Peter Milo knew, because it's the two things... It's his name. <laughs> so anyway, the project. Moving on from Mix, that, mixed together, a lot like Milo and milk, if you will. <laughs> mixed together to form something. Don't, better. don't bring Milo into this conversation. Yeah. Milo I was is good. too good <laughs> for this conversation. Do not ruin, besmirch their good name. Exactly. The, the way you looked at me, Simon, I thought you were gonna look at Keel and be like, "Do not engage with him." <laughs> I also thought that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't get engaged to him. It's a terrible idea. Milanu, Milanu, Project Milanu is um, essentially it was this boy, this ten year old boy <laughs> called Milo, and he would talk and engage with you. You'd have proper conversations. That's what the demo showed. That this woman is talking to Milo, and she's like. Hello there, Milo. Have you done your homework today? And he's like, oh, no, I haven't, sir. Oh, yeah. And they showed this incredible stuff. Like, um, Milo would ask her for help with his homework, and she would hold up a piece of paper with a drawing on it up to the Kinect camera. The Kinect would then scan the drawing and then put it inside of the game. Milo would take it and go, thanks so much for the, your help. This will help me finish my homework. And then he'll go off and do his Jesse, thing. Jesse, you drew a dick again. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> and then you teach you fucking nerd. Wait, sorry. They, so they wanted you to have these proper conversations with essentially your TV. Yep. Who the fuck in history has ever wanted to speak to a 10-year-old? <laughs> no one. <laughs> You talk to it. There's two reasons to talk to a 10 year old. They're your child and you need to ask them like if they need food or just like social norms and cues. Like you're seeing like friends and family. You're obligated to. Hello, hello, child. How's, how's things? Do you guys still listen to dubstep? Nope, you don't? All right, I'm off. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. I'm out. (laughs) I'm I'm old. I'm 29, so I can't relate to you. You little little scrap of paper. It's like conversation ideas with 10-year-olds. Dubstep. It's the only thing that you just cross it off. Dubstep, Nintendo Labo, Milo. I'm out. Do any of these apply? Milo. I'm I'm pretty sure Milo. Milo, uh, Dubstep. Ten-year-olds like Milo and dubstep. That's the rule like we've come up with. Yeah, I love the biscuits. <laughs> so basically, Jesse, that's why this project should have existed to give you practice to speak with ten-year-olds, because you Although obviously you- can't do it. Why, why, why do I need practice? This is, this is awful. <laughs> Won't you have nieces or something that you'll need to interact with at some point? I'm going to wait. When they're, when they're nine, I'll speak to them. When they're 11, I'll speak to them. I'm going to go a whole year without speaking to them just to prove a fucking point. Basically, this project never came to fruition. It was absolute fairy tale garbage. It was never going to happen. It was pie in the sky. But it was fascinating to see. Um, so there was a lot of kind of stuff that came out like that with Connect, um, where it just never really hit 
the 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 goals people really had for it. But what so it did have go back to Milo it, for, a, for a moment, just for mm-hmm. real quickly. So you were saying that Milo would say, hey, can you help me with my homework? Oh, me, computer-generated boy, can you help me with my homework? What were, what was, like, the user getting out of that? I don't know. Peter Molyneux insists that people engaged with it. They were really interacted with it and they really enjoyed that kind of interaction because yeah, it felt also, almost real. But also Peter what? Molyneux is full of bullshit. Exactly. And, like, I wouldn't trust if, him so if, far if, as I could throw him. If people really, really wanted to speak to 10-year-olds, nobody would use condoms. We clearly don't want to speak to these children. I, Peter Molyneux. That's a perfect point, honestly. That, that's genuinely you're, really you're good. crazy. Yeah, that is insane. Also, why 10-year-old specifically? Like, 10, I, 10 years old is when they stop being like, oh, haha, it's a cute little kid. And it's when they start getting kind of shit. Yeah, they start, like, setting fires and doing meth and shit like that. I mean, I thought that's, like, first, another two years like, after that, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you're a late bloomer. Um, I thought you were saying that you, like, the user could hold up your homework to the TV and be like, hey, no. kid, help me. But it's like, A, that's cheating. <laughs> B, <laughs> could you imagine that? Because be like, how good a job would, would I- your Xbox yeah. do of your homework? <laughs> so- <laughs> not, not great. <laughs> He was um, the greatest person to ever live. Peter so, Molyneux, what? <laughs> so, you know, they didn't have any killer apps. The original Connect did ship with something called Connect Adventures. And Jesse, as you alluded to earlier, we were both employees of EB Games. You would have seen a lot of copies of Connect oh, Adventures. Sure tra- to see a lot of trading for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah. 20 cents you'd get for it if you traded it in. Um, <laughs> Fuck. Gooey. Yeah, it shipped with everything and it was garbage. It was a bunch of demos. It was useless. So there was no killer app, um, which was the big, the big negative. But it still sold incredibly well because it had the marketing power of Microsoft behind it. I got so a note it here. Work. It was the fastest selling consumer electronics device of all time at one point. Mm, Over mental. ten million units sold during the first six months after its release. That's yep. insane. It that, is insane. That, that, that blows my mind. Like uh, first elaborate. Now there's things that you think failed, they didn't. No. In hindsight, they were failed. In hindsight, they weren't as good. They're like the film Avatar. At the time, oh shit, look at these blue people fucking with their dreadlocks and stuff. This is pretty cool. But in time, you like you look back and like, oh, that was sort of nothing. Although That's I also what, I think this, this is um, like. this is a very interesting point. I think I think this is like the turning point for the way Microsoft started approaching games and their consoles. Um, I think because in that generation, the Xbox 360 was dominant in terms of sales for almost the entire generation. It was only so the last quarter that the PlayStation 3 actually overtook in terms of sales. And lots of people actually pin it down to the shift in design philosophy and the focus on Kinect. And if you look at it and think about it, the way I'm sort of piecing this together is that sort of when Microsoft started going, okay, maybe it's not enough to just sell them console and games. Maybe we need to offer more. Maybe we need to offer a service, something cool. And then, you know, that's where they started on focusing on the multimedia aspect and so yeah, they went in the wrong about, direction first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, every that's a good observation though. Yeah, that's a fair call. Mm. I, I think that's probably where their their turning point started of. And the change in philosophy. Yeah, great observation. Could, I mean, like, they, okay, um, they certainly thought, Jesse, that, you know, they sold so many connects 
so many freaking connects that would justify shipping an entirely new model of it. So I don't know. That says something about where they were at the time. Uh, Jess, what were you going to say? I mean, when this was first announced, I wasn't as into the old Xbox ecosystem um, as I am now. So I could be getting this wrong. Was the E3 where this was announced the same one where the achievement came up for like ordering a pizza or watching TV or something like that? Was it the same thing? I don't recall. Or was this like a fever dream I'm having? It may have been part of the the Xbox One E3 presentation, Mm. possibly. Was the the Xbox One E3 presentation the really bad one? Yes. Which is just... Yeah, where they never spoke about games. Yeah. Yeah, it was like the achievement came up for like watching TV. Yeah. It's like, ooh, that's bizarre. Um, I'm pretty sure my Netflix app on Xbox One still has achievements, but, you know, anyway. What the fuck? God damn it. You've watched 400 episodes of The Good Place in a row. You have an achievement. You have watched nothing but Brooklyn Nine-Nine for nine months straight. Are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's um, jump into the next one. Or should I say, (laughs) Ollie, into the next one. All right, Simon, try and follow that act. Um, the Tony Hawk ride board. Oh, the fuck was the fuck was boy. this? Oh boy, this was I think the final nail in the coffin that was the Tony Hawk franchise in the late two thousands. This was the end. So, in a final bid to kind of reinvent the board, as it were. Um, for Tony Hawk. Oh, come on, that was good. Don't shake your head at me. <laughs> that was clever. Anyway, um, there was a Tony Hawk ride which came out, which, uh, in an effort to sort of capitalize on the whole games with motion involved in them for a more immersive experience, uh, they came out with the ride skateboard. And the way this thing works is it will connect to your PS3, your Wii, or your Xbox 360 wirelessly. And you use it as a controller to control your skater in-game. Problem was... There's like, like a gas leak for the whole gaming industry around this time. It <laughs> kind of feels like it, yeah. <laughs> it does kind of feel like it. Um, so I'm actually, I've actually got a listing of it um, on... EB Games. Apparently, it's still available Ooh. on EB Games. Pre-owned yes. for the Nintendo Wii. Eighteen dollars. That ain't bad. So yeah, it was, it was basically just a plastic skateboard. It didn't have any really wheels, no trucks in it. It just sat no. on your floor. Yeah, and it had like gyros in it to, to measure your balance and your motion and stuff as you played the game. Um, yeah, the problem was, yeah, accelerometers and motion sensors. This intuitive controller allows players to physically control the action by performing various movements and gestures on the board that directly translate to amazing tricks in the game. Without complex mm. button combinations or analog sticks, gamers of all skill levels can literally step onto the board and play. Not if you don't have any legs, though. You're fucked. <laughs> Sorry. Cop that, Tony Hawk, you dickhead. Yeah. Simon just roasted you, okay? <laughs> but the thing is, is it like features anyone can ride. That's not true. That's not, that's not true, but okay. And yeah, look, it was a cool concept, a very cool concept. And it, if you think about it, it lends itself quite well. Like, ah, oh, how do you make a more fun, more immersive skateboarding game? 
Well, it's easy. You just give people a fucking skateboard and get them to... That's the thing. So, like, do you, have you guys skated before? Yeah. I tried once when I was about four, failed immediately and cried for three days. So, you know, I've seen a, a little bit. I'm not great at it. But one of the key components is when you're moving forward and you kick off with one foot, you go forward. So when you're standing on this board, it's on your carpet, on your floorboard, on your tiles, wherever you've got it. You have one foot on the board. You get to kick with the other one. You're naturally going to drag yourself forward a little bit. The whole point of this was kind of make your leg sort of slide across the surface. Sorry, your foot slide across the surface. It would pick it up and it would, your, your character, your Tony Hawk, if you will, will do the same on the screen. But you would naturally start shuffling closer and closer towards your TV. And I imagine people who skate, when so when you go to like an ollie, all you have to really do is like tip the nose a little bit. But I imagine some people would try and properly slide their foot up and stuff like that to get to do an ollie. I want to see what, Simon, you've you've played this, right? You've used it. I attempted to use it once. A friend of mine had it, and it just did not work. Is it sturdy? That's the biggest thing, like, watching videos. Yeah. That thing needed to be strong. Mm. Like, it it was sturdy enough, like, it wasn't going to snap or anything like that. I'd find a way. But the problem was, right, and I'm actually, I've I've pulled up this old video from, like, when it was first being reviewed, um, from a from a UK TV show called The Gadget Show. I remember watching The Gadget Show. I watched the same video. Yeah. (laughs) And the guy is like on his, on, on the studio floor, he's got the controller down and the controller's wiggling around all the time. And that was a genuine issue. Also, another genuine issue was the fact that the fucking thing just didn't work for a lot of people. I like in that video, he's like, oh, time to do a little ollie. Does a kickflip. Oh, I've got to do a bit of jump here. Does a manual. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> You're not selling to this to me, are you, Gadget yeah. Man? When you say that it doesn't work, is that what you're talking about? Like, it does a different command to what you were trying to get it to do, or it simply doesn't accept any inputs whatsoever? Um, it was a mix. For, for a lot of different people, it was a very mixed experience. So uh, some people would complain that... I remember reading reviews at the time, and it was like, it would be... a pretty fun Tony Hawk game if it wasn't for the fact that this thing's a piece of shit. So it'd either misread your inputs and give out something completely different, or just wouldn't read your inputs at all. So, the thing is, the thing that I found really funny, so I, I was looking into it, Tony Hawk is a, is a massive defender of this. So this is a quote from him in an interview with Joystick, which I found quite interesting. I think that ride was a bit ride was a bit rushed for a number of reasons, mostly because Probably for about the first half of the development process, it was just figuring out how to make a board and how how to make it work. We were in uncharted territory. So the game was a bit rushed. But I still feel like the critics never really gave it a chance in terms of learning how to play. They got on it and went straight into expert mode because supposedly they're expert gamers and they didn't really learn the mechanics of how the board works. And so I felt like they already had their mind made up before it came out. It was a gimmick and it was a peripheral and whatnot and they never really took the time to learn how to play it. He, he's salty there. That came out, that, that mm-hmm. was in an interview like maybe two years after the game came out. He was salty about it because it sounds like a lot of effort came uh, was put into it. Now, did the subsequent game, Tony Hawk Shred, use this controller as well? Because he then, he goes on further in the, in, the, um, in the article to say that Shred was the game that Ride was meant to be. I think nobody remembers Shred. Yeah, no, I don't remember. I don't I remember, don't remember, remember that either. Well, Tony... No. 
I'm glad you're back with your good games now. So yes, remakes of the old ones, but still. <laughs> I think this is a cool idea for like, you know, in an arcade. Because you know, when you go to an arcade, yeah. you've got like the snow, the snowboarding games, and they're pretty fun. You stand on the snowboard, you have the bar so you don't kill yourself. You're doing all your tricks. If I had one of these, the ambulance would have to come because they're like, oh, he tried to do a 900 in his living room and he's dead now. <laughs> blood everywhere. That's always what I I think about when I think about like these active type things. Like are the are the companies that make these these peripherals liable if someone injures themselves? Like Well, like this thing was made out of plastic. On floorboard, it gonna slip. What's oh, yeah. exhaust? Yeah. It's not exhausting. Yeah. Like, okay, you can like tip the board up and stuff like that to do an ollie, or you can just press X. Yeah. And- <laughs> I know what if one I'd rather skate, do. I'd be outside, but I you know. Fuck off. Don't make ah, me do shit. Come on, there are people who want the best of both worlds, like myself, you know? I would love to be able to be on a skateboard, but I don't want to go outside because it's hot outside. <laughs> There's no air con. It is currently very enough. warm outside, I can confirm. It oh, is, wow. yeah, not comfortable. But yeah, like Tony Hawk Ride and the Ride skateboard controller were a great theory. Yeah. Executed as poorly as it possibly could be. Because mm. I understand where Tony is coming from, because sure, I'm, I'm sure he had lots of personal investment in it and was really trying to make something cool out of it. And if he tried it, maybe these days, he could probably get something pretty good out of it. But back then, I mean, this was the era of like the fucking Guitar Hero controllers. That was, I think, the standard that a lot of people had for your peripheral controller. Something that you just connect and it works. You've got your button input, it just does the thing. And this just didn't. It just flat out didn't fucking do it. It just didn't work. So Do you remember the days where like you you would uh have your guitar hero controller, your drum kit, the keys, the microphones, your sing star microphones, your Tony Hawk ride controller, all of this weird shit in the corner of a room? Garbage. Absolute garbage. And now it all belongs at EB Games because he's traded it all on, except for your guitar hero controllers. All belongs to me, you mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey. Well, moving along, something that May belong to Keelan? I don't know. I'm not gonna judge. Have you guys heard of a game called Rez? I have heard of it, but I can tell you anything about it. All I, I know. Rez. All I know Rez is, the is name. a cool game. Rez is a cool game. Mm. Um, I'd heard about it a lot, and it came out on, on VR as Rez Infinite a few years ago. I gave it a go, and it it is just mesmerizing. Um, had the same feel as kind of Thumper, that sort of atmospheric, weird, psychedelic. Without the horror, I guess, of Thumper. So Rez is, is like I said, it's like a psychedelic wireframe on-rails shooter with an amazing soundtrack. The soundtrack was one of the big parts of it. Every time you shot your energy or bullet or whatever the hell you were shooting out, the soundtrack would kick in a bit more. You'd add a bit of bass to it. So the more you the more action you're involved in, the more bass you're getting. It's like the feedback a little bit. The original came out in 2001, the United Game Artist game. And in Japan. It came in a special, special pack. There was a special package version. You guys guess what came in the special package version with this? Um, a wireframe? Uh, maybe some magic mushrooms? Close, a vibrator. So, oh. well, it wasn't a vibrator per se. It just was a thing that you could use to come. 
<laughs> Don't beat around the bush. That's what you're going to use for. So it looks like what? a computer mouse. It looks like a USB computer mouse, a little black USB computer mouse. And yeah. it was designed to be placed in your pocket, not a euphemism, um, on your feet under a cushion, not a euphemism, wherever you want it. It needs to be touching your body. And then every time the beat or the bass would kick in with in the game, you'd feel it just to add to okay. the immersion of the game. So they never marketed it as a vibrator. No, no. The box even said, not, you know, basically said, don't use this to fuck yourself with. Um, but, I mean, if something's going to vibrate, you, people are going to try it. And it, it, it started off as a bit of a joke. So uh, Tetsuya Mizuguchi, I've probably murdered that name, I apologise, uh, says, it was kind of a joke, but a very serious joke. No sexual meaning, though. We always listen to music by ear, and you can watch the visuals moving, the dynamics of it in res, so it's kind of a cross-sensation feeling. Now, to put uh, into context a, of how cross, strong cross-sensation feeling. A, a, okay, I get it now. A cross-sensation cool. feeling. Cool. Right. Understood. Message received, guys. Because sometimes when you're playing a game, you're like, oh, you know what would be good here? Just vibrations twice as powerful as the DualShock rumble against my junk. This would make this game better. Now, also, as somebody who's played Res, in VR at least, I get it. Like, if, if you're going to do it to a game, it's going to be res. Holy shit, it's going to be res. Because that soundtrack, it's, it's, it's primal. It's visceral. Now, obviously, this game wasn't... Re- this The game was released in the West, but it didn't come with this, this bonus, um, bonus peripheral. Yeah, it was only in Japan, wasn't it? Only mm. in Japan. Um, how it did also come out... So this originally came out on PS2. Um, they're on the Xbox 360 for Res HD and the PS4. Apparently for Res Infinite. I haven't been able to find out much about this. You can still use it. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I actually pulled up an article um, talking about it. Yeah, and it's like, uh, yeah, you can just connect it and it still works. Why? <laughs> Why, Why not, eh? I say. Now, it also, it didn't only work with Res. It worked for two other games. I need to look into the other two games more because... Okay, there was Space Channel 5 Part 2. I don't know what that one is. The other one's called Disaster Report. And Disaster Space Report, Channel 5? What? I just imagine it's like a newscasting game. No, I know what Space Channel something. 5 is. It's a dance game. Yeah, it's a dance game. No, 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 sorry, not Space Channel. So, so, so Space Channel was a dance game? Yeah. You can't dance with a vibrator down your pants. <laughs> I guess you can. You absolutely can. All right. And also, like, Space Channel 5 has, like, a cute girl as the mascot, so... That's a bit fitting, I guess. Why not? But yeah, Disaster Report, I imagine there's some sort of like newscasting games. I'm like, how's that going to lean to, to getting your rocks off? But the thing that killed this, the biggest downside to it, it was loud. It was really, really loud. Apparently distractingly loud. You had to play the game with headphones. Um, because yeah. the game has such a good soundtrack, you don't want to ruin that. Um, also, I don't know, maybe, maybe it wasn't waterproof. Oi. Oi. You don't know. I don't know. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna find one of these. So next time I'm in Japan, I go to like Super Potato when we can travel next. I'm gonna hunt one of these things down. Um. So yeah, they don't look like you would imagine a vibrator look like. They just look like a computer mouse. Yeah, it does. It's literally but, just like a little black. They box. knew exactly what they were gonna do with it. I mean, come on, it came in in, in a in a quote unquote special package. That is yeah. a special package. And you also, put it on your special package. Also, it literally says trans vibrator. Yeah. Like, Hells yeah. What else do you th- assume that is going to be? I, I think they need to double down, and I think more games should come with sex toys. Putting it out there. 
I mean, all right. Fair. Fair cool. Like, probably change what comes with a ring fit. We. <laughs> yes, 35 episodes. Is that the best fucking joke I've done? Yeah, I think it is. Switch! <laughs> But no, um, I could I could see that sort of maybe becoming kind of a thing with like more adult games. Yeah, I mean I've um, got no no problem with. Like, I mean, like Catherine, know, for do, example. Yeah, like what Catherine's actually a really good example of a game that could come with something. Um, you don't have to could use come it. with something. Uh-huh. Hey, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a Jack Sorry, joke. There was a low hanging fruit, if you will. There's some low hanging fruit. I put the trans vibrator on it. <laughs> And I reaped my rewards. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. As, as games become more for an adult medium, and just like there's that whole childishness of like, you fucking, you fucking, you game. Ugh. Don't, don't, don't shame people. If you want yeah. to, I, have a wanky also, playing game, go nuts. I encourage the development of more peripherals like that. I think that's great. Yeah, like it, I agree. It, it, you don't need to sell it under the prete- pretense that it's not. Like a like, like a Red Dead butt that, plug, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe not that, but yeah, yeah along those Grand lines. Grand Tru- Turismo cock ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then it connects that to your game, good. and every time you go over the like, whenever you go over the speed limit, it just gives you a, a, an electric shock instead. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> GTA Five, but every time you murder a pedestrian, it vibrates stronger and stronger. As your oh, wanted my... level goes up, <laughs> yeah, I just imagine everyone's in the game, just like, okay, what's the cheat for ultimate or for all weapons, infinite ammo? All right, minigun, let's go. <laughs> Five star wanted levels happening as well when you're just dead on the floor. Well, speaking of controllers that gave people that whap, Keelan, the DJ Hero controller. Uh, what? Yeah, there's the your, your one, one every show, right? One reference every damn show. For you, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, friend <sighs> of the show. DJ Hero Controller. Guess what it was shaped like? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a, a black vibrator. <laughs> like a mouse. Yeah. yeah. It was shaped like a turntable, believe it oh, or not, yeah. guys. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, who would have thought? Um, they had a, f- a whole bunch of buttons on it. So obviously you've got the, the rotatable turntable. And then you've got like three buttons, which are essentially like stream buttons. Um, you've got a crossfader as well, because that's what DJs do. You know, they cut between tracks and stuff. I don't know what DJs do. Is that right? Is that like that? Look, none, yeah, none, none of us can correct you. Um, so yeah, like, I'm, just gonna, I'm just going to talk, okay? And like one, one, uh, anyone one who's my... listening, send us an email to correct us or write to us on social media or something. One of my, one of my friends is a DJ and... Um, I really wish I knew and could give you guys an answer, but I can't. So, Frank, if you're listening, I'm really sorry. It also, so it also had an effect style and then it had another button on it um, for what they call euphoria, which is like if you've played Guitar Hero, you get. Sorry, you said this isn't a vibrator? No, no, it's not surprisingly. <laughs> Despite enough. the euphoria. <laughs> Despite the fact that it has all the tools necessary for it. Um, and then it's got um, your standard buttons, like, wheels, yeah, right. Basics. I mean, what else do you need? Um, then it's got Back your standard fan. controls for your um, your PlayStation or your Xbox, your Square Circle, whatever. So you know, pretty 
interesting. Um, what was nice about this control that I liked that I didn't know initially when it came out is you can swap the orientation of the turntable and the crossfader and everything so you can play it left or right-handed. So you can manually move oh. it across, which oh, is I not something... That, that's nifty. Yeah, it is. It's not something that you see a lot with these, like... Um, these peripheral-based games, like no, accessibility no. options. So I really like that. Um, Actually, sorry, you bring up a really good point there because whenever I look at the DJ Hero controller, that's what it reminds me of. There's the Xbox accessibility controller that they came out with earlier. It right? does, actually. It yeah, almost right? seemed like a natural progression that it kind of went from that to, to something completely different. Yeah, good so, point, man. Yeah, that, that's, that's that, a very that could good be a start of something. That's um, freaking cool. So, uh, did you guys ever play DJ Hero? I didn't play a lot of it myself. Nah. I played the demo whenever I went to JB Hi-Fi. They had it hooked up. Me so too. I was standing there and like for 50 minutes, I'm like, fuck yeah. I'm like, Tiesto, maybe. <laughs> if this is what Tiesto does, I, I guess. Know what he does. Um, yeah, that's what I did as well. I spent a fair bit of time inside the shop playing the demo. Oh, yeah. Um, and I enjoyed it. I thought the game was pretty good. And it was like a unique way that they approached the game. I think they put a lot of thought into it. So it was it was kind of cool. And the controller suited that well. I've watched a whole bunch of videos. And apparently playing the game is nothing like being a DJ. So what that like sounds understandable. Guitar well, yeah, Guitar like Hero, like- Guitar Hero f- fe- feigns that kind of well almost like it gives you the sensation but this the movements in dj here are apparently nothing like what you would actually do as a dj a guitar hero controller mimics the way i play bass yeah you got five Which notes is, and you're not going anywhere else buddy five you're doing five notes don't lie to us you're a bass player you have four notes i didn't say i was playing it on the hard <laughs> on expert i was playing it on the hard okay <laughs> you've got maybe three notes let's be honest <laughs> Bang. Fuck, bang. <laughs> <laughs> You've got G. Get used to it. Um, so I, I didn't play a lot of this game, but um, I really like the controller. I think it's really nifty. Um, and it's unfortunate because there were only two games that were released that officially support this controller, DJ Hero and DJ Hero 2. Um, it's a shame that they didn't um, make any more because uh, I would absolutely have picked it up had they done more of that. But what I think is really cool about this controller is that the, I guess, the modding community have taken it over and done really cool things with it. I've seen videos of people playing all kinds of games with this. I saw someone playing Counter-Strike and actually getting kills with this DJ Hero controller. Fucking hell. How do you do that? I don't know. There's a trend of people playing like Dark Souls and stuff like that with stupid controllers, bongos. DJ Hero controllers, all that kind of thing. If you want to talk um, about stupid controllers, just for a very quick second, have you guys seen the person that played Doom using nothing but toasters? Oh, hell yes. What? Yeah. Hell, <laughs> he had, what? I think he had like four different toasters all hooked up and wired up, and he would just slam them down to do different things. Now that's that's a flex. I hate watching those videos because, like, hey, we play, we beat Doom with this. We play beat Bloodborne. I'm like, I can't beat it with the controller. Like, yeah. how far ahead of me are you? Bullying. I saw a guy using the the um, Rock Band drum kit to play like Overwatch, and he's just popping headshots and Fuck playing yeah. the drums pretty well. But <laughs> I mean, <Hell> yeah, <sighs> let's do it. I've seen some people actually hook 
their DJ Hero controllers up to their doors in uh, to create actual music um, with their computers. So I think it's That's really nifty. Cool. It's a cool controller. It's a little bit unutilized, but um, really unusual and weird and creative. And it, I, I would it, like to see more stuff like this, you know? Yeah. It's a real shame. So Harmonix, who made the Katai Hero, the, the Hero series, um, they unveiled a game earlier this year called Fuser where you'll be playing a, a festival DJ. But you can't use your DJ Hero controller for it. I think that's a shame. It would be cool if it had a mode where you like, hey, you still got one of them? Go nuts. This is pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that is a bit of a shame. And I think also that was when Harmonix stopped focusing on the Guitar Hero stuff quite as heavily. Because I think that was just after 4 came out. And then yeah. DJ Hero was announced, and then they focused more on DJ Hero, and then you had like some of the really shit Guitar Hero stuff come out, like um, fucking was it? It was a Metallica one, or am I imagining that? Wasn't the Beatles one really bad, or am I the, the Beatles, Beatles was one rock band? Ah, oh, that was. I disagree. It was fan freaking testing. I may have that wrong. I know. I know the Beatles are either really good or really bad. So maybe. We'll well, in my I opinion, every Guitar no. Hero game is absolutely fan freaking testing. I, I disagree. No, I've got an counter argument for you right there, Keelan. The Aerosmith one. Moving along to to our last peripheral of of the night, of the day, of the podcast. Simon, you're bringing us the Nintendo Vitality Sensor. Yes. So. Um, unlike everything else that we've talked about thus far, this is something that didn't actually get released. This was, was something smart that- enough to stop. <laughs> no, because they still thought about it. So, <laughs> and they thought better of it. So, <laughs> like they thought this could have actually been a thing. And this, so this was originally going to be a peripheral um, for the Wii. Um, it would connect into the Wii remote where, like, your nunchuck would normally connect. And basically, it's got a little heartbeat sensor which you just clip onto your index finger, and then you play a game with your Wii remote, and it would measure your heart rate, and it could also measure things like your perspiration levels and things like that. And, um, yeah, so there was a lot of questions that came up about it, and people were like, how the fuck is this going to integrate into any game ever? I think there was one question. And it was one question that sort of surmised all the other questions. And the main question was, why? Hmm. Sorry, because two questions. There was also what? <laughs> yeah. Because it's Nintendo, let's be honest. Yeah, right? they're crazy. I love, I love, I love Nintendo, but sometimes they need to calm down a little bit, please. If anything, their heart rate was getting too fast when they thought of this idea. If they had one of these vitality sensors, when they thought of the vitality sensor, they would have sensed with a shitty idea. But uh, yeah, it was revealed at E3 2009, um, and it sort of floated around for about a year and a bit. Um, and then, yeah, it was on July 5th, 2013, that it was confirmed that it had been cancelled. So it took them four years between going, hey, yeah, look at this cool little idea we've had, to going, never mind. So it took them That's four like years... <laughs> Good news, everyone. Us and Nintendo have found out that gamers have heartbeats. And the next few years, we'll be developing technology around that. That's the weird thing, though. Like, this was announced at E3, and just before Nintendo had a chance to announce this, Ubisoft announced basically the same thing. It was called, like, the NRG or something like that. And it would track your heartbeat and stuff and, and do whatever with it. That also didn't release. But it was so weird that that E3, that cursed E3, had two. Heart rate monitors. 
Yeah. Like, the clip that goes over your finger, it looks like you're in the emergency room because you have, it like... Does. A, it does. like, a hernia or whatever. I don't know what people like, get in the hospital. But, yeah, like, it was one of those things that... um There was a lot of speculation that sort of floated around it, and one thing that people put forward from... Like, one thing that Nintendo sort of, I guess, pushed the narrative on is how it would integrate to games based off of your heart rate. And a rumour was that it would integrate into horror games quite well in the fact that as your heart rate increases the game would get scarier and scarier i i hate that infinite loop because it's like it's I love scarier it. <laughs> and then your heartbeat, heart will be faster and it'll get scarier and your heart will be faster and then you'll fucking die nintendo yes. one you zero this is how we take over <laughs> someone's gonna get killed i like how they came up with the peripheral peripheral to focus on you know the game the game um genre that nintendo is known for horror like, yeah. oh, shit, I'm, like, I, I would turn Luigi's Mansion into Resident Evil after a while. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I think I think originally it was um, brought out to, well, it was initially discussed as another health monitoring thing because it was, I think, supposed to go sort of part and parcel with the Wii Fit series of games and that sort of health focus that Nintendo had for a little while. And I think it was supposed. It was a sort of divergent line from that, but yeah, like people were talking, like, "Oh, how cool would it be if you're playing?" Like, I think the conduit was something that, that they were testing it with, in terms of how the game would react to. Do you guys remember the conduit game? No. Yes, vaguely. Like, something yeah. about electricity somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. I think quite average. Quite average. First sort of like person. Mm. not not horror thriller games. I guess for lack of a better term. But, yeah, and you would uh, basically, like, your ship ran out of power and you had to go fix all the electricity or whatever. It's like Among Us, but not as fun. Um, real real heart-pounding game, that one. <laughs> but but, but no, because then, then, like, <laughs> then monsters and demons and stuff and aliens would try and crawl up your butthole or something. I don't know. I didn't play oh, wait, the game. Th- this didn't come with the vibrator? Did. <laughs> <laughs> now you, that's what the that's what the demons are for. <laughs> now, like we say that this is a dumb idea. It didn't get cancelled because it was a dumb idea, though. It got cancelled because no. it wasn't effective. It worked on. They found about ninety percent of users. It would work on. They they needed around ninety nine percent. Yeah, because okay. the thing is, so the the testing uh, sample size was. 100 people and it worked accurately on 90 out of those 100 people which doesn't sound too bad like that's a 90 percent success rate that's but if you think of- small sample size like yes mm. and mm. that's that's the concern is that out of a relatively small sample size it's you know only 90 percent but also if you think about it in terms of like global population there is a lot of people that would not be able to use this because yeah, it just yeah. wouldn't work. When you extend it over that many people. And it's also like, over, you're not going to get a good yeah, sample from 100 people. Though, because if, if, say, if I was in that, my heart does paradiddles every time I stand up because I'm just <laughs> unhealthy as, as fuck. Um, also, this actually brings me to another point. Can game companies stop coming out with peripherals and games and such that tell me I'm unhealthy? Hey, guys. I know. <laughs> Don't need to be reminded, okay? Jesse, your heart rate is shit. Call a doctor. <laughs> Fuck off. Please. <laughs> now, also, this isn't the first time Nintendo's pulled this health heart rate bullshit on us. 
um, 11 years before that example, sorry, the, the announcement, sorry, of the sensor, um, Nintendo had the, the Nintendo Bio sensor for the N64. Yeah. And rather than clipping Ooh. to your finger, it clipped to your ear. It was like a little crocodile clip that clipped to your fucking ear. And I was looking at the packaging, the instructions of how to, how to, to do it. And it was just a little picture. And it has the clipping put on the ear. And you know when you see, like, uh, like an ad for headaches and to represent pain, it's like lightning bolts and shit. It has them coming out of your ear. So it's like, yeah, put this on your ear. It's gonna hurt. <laughs> it's a crocodile clip. Put this on your clip. ear and get really shit superpowers. I can fire lightning bolts out of my ear. That biosensor <laughs> clip actually may have been the first sex toy to come with a, um, a game. It was just a nipple clamp that went in your ear, though. Yeah, yeah, they didn't want to market it as a nipple clamp and sort of yeah. went, oh, fuck, um, ears? I don't know if Nintendo was going to go straight for the BDSM community, but I I uh, thank them for that. I support this decision. Yeah, yeah. support that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it would have, basically, it would have, it could have also been used instead of for horror games to help relax players. Um, and that that's, I think, what the intended purpose was initially. And also because things like the uh, Wii Fit board and that sort of stuff actually had a lot of uses for um, health. Like actual doctors and dietitians and stuff like that would use it because it's quite accurate. Um, same with the Pokey Walker um, pedometer when that came out. I don't know if you guys remember that for Heart Gold and Soul Silver. There was a Pokey Walker. Walker. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm. that was the found to be the most accurate pedometer on the market for about five years after it came out. Jeez, jeez, yeah, really, yeah, huh. the most accurate. Well done, Nintendo. So th- that's why it was such a high threshold. Like, oh, 90 out of 100. To me, that sounds pretty good. I'd go with that. But they're like, nope, we've got to make this bad boy fucking accurate. So you, you mentioned that they're going to use it for, for horror, for like tense situations, but they could also use it to relax you. Is there a game that you think would benefit if, if this came out? Because if this came out, the games would look a little bit different now. Is yeah. there a game you think could have utilized this technology in a way? I think in terms of a proper horror game, Resident Evil 7 would have been shit your pants terrifying. But what would it have done? Like, it monitors your heart rate, your heart rate's up. Cool. I mean, for example, like, some of the scariest moments that come from games are when it's something that's out of your control. But it's even scarier when you feel like you are in control and you've made the wrong choice. And you're being punished for that choice. And I feel like if you had a elevated heart rate and, you know, some more like on-screen effects and stuff would happen. And if you've got headphones on, you could hear whispers. More and more whispers are suddenly happening. And then you hear like a crash from behind you. Bit of ASMR for everyone. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. Um, But, you know, like you could up the sound effects and up the tension of a horror game with the ambient noises. And then when it comes to what might be a jump scare instead of it being like a a regular character model it's the scarier version of the character model i would i'll get into my example i actually don't think it would work very well in horror games but i think if if, if it was to it'd be cool if it you know it would ramp your heart rate up to a certain level and then pull back and pull out those jump scares when your heart rate is normal yeah so not when you're already elevated and you're in sort of like survival mode and you kind of you're on edge, so you sort of know something's going to come. Get it when you don't. That would be kind of cool. Um, Keelan, what do you? How, what game would you like to see use this weird doctor on your finger? Ugh. 
Ugh. I honestly don't like the idea of of having that integrated into a game. But if I were forced to do it, something like Senua's Sacrifice, it's an also a horror game. But if you integrate what they have going on over there um, with the binaural audio, all that kind of stuff, and the uh, the actual heart rate sensor, all that kind of stuff, they can tailor the experience to what you're feeling. So I think that would be a cool experience. I just I don't think that that should be integrated into a gameplay experience because I think you could only you would lessen you would take away from what you're experiencing in the moment to give you an example when I play Doom Eternal my heart rate rises dramatically and it's and it's real intense if they were to change elements of the game at that point like either make it easier or make it harder I think it would take away a lot of that like that fine balance that it's sort of achieved so I don't know. Maybe you have to design the entire game around that one mechanic. Yeah, that's the thing. I, f- I feel like you'd have to. Uh, yeah, I agree. And sorry, just going on a really weird tangent. You brought up sending a sacrifice. I started replaying that um, yesterday because I, I didn't go like halfway through it. Replaying yesterday, the combat in that game fucking sucks. Yes, I, I, Jesus I Christ, it's bad. Like I, that's the worst I'm still amazed. I, I'm intrigued to see how they extend this into like a full blown sort of. Now let's hope they action make it game. I guess I don't know more but souls like. Anyway, my my idea would actually be the opposite and use it to calm you down. I'm thinking of games like Breath of the Wild, a very serene and peaceful game, like in its landscapes and its music and stuff like that. That game looked beautiful. It'd be really nice if there was a certain like maybe a character who made you meditate or something like that. That would be cool. And, and then you get like a temporary oh, yeah. buff from it or something. Yeah, something like that. So you would sit down and it would take you through a breathing exercise. Maybe it would tell you a story about Hyrule. Like close your eyes, tell you a story and tells you to breathe or something like that. And yeah, if your heart rate drops a certain percentage or, or whatever, or levels out or what, I don't fuck, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it would get like a cool little bonus. I think that'd be really nice. Um, that'd be br- cool. Sort of breathing exercise and stuff like that become really popular with phone apps and um, Fitbit. I kind of like that, that Jesse. I kind of yeah, like that cool. idea. Yeah. That's but not why also, I play games, though, so it, n- it no. doesn't really resonate with me, but I can see it being hugely popular with a lot of different people. And see, something like that could just be true horn to the game. Like you've kind of said, yeah, horror true. games would need to be reworked from the ground up um, because these are sort of tight, tailored experiences. So to have these like player heart rate variables in it, would sort of mess it up and need to be designed up. But yeah, something like that could be shoehorned to a game like um, mainly Breath of the Wild is the moment that came, came to mind. Um, uh, also, as, I said, as I said to you guys in the pre-show, Animal Crossing would lend itself quite well Animal to something Crossing. like that. Um, hmm. You know, playing Hades, every time you see one of the very, very attractive character models, you'd notice your heart rate goes up. It's like, hmm, okay. And then the vibrator kicks in. Yeah. <laughs> hey, okay, Hades needs to come with all sorts of sex toys. It needs to come with like a Pandora's box full of things, okay? Hey, uh, Supergiant Games, friends of the show, um, if you'd like to send us any Hades promotional material, I, we don't care if it's dildos, called, vibrators, whatever. Well, you're called Supergiant, so just make a big old dildo. <laughs> Get in contact with Bad Dragon and create a Supergiant dildo. Do it. Keelan's giving this look of like, I have to fucking edit this. Yeah, you do. <laughs> That would be a, like, it would be like Hades' dick. It would be called like the daddy or something like that. No, because that would be Zeus. 
Mm. Interesting. That would 100% be Zeus. Well, before I start going into my Zagreus fanfiction, we should wrap this one up. Um, oh, Zagreus. Don't, don't be silly. Protect your willy. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> you, if, you don't, if you don't do that, you'll be speaking to a 10-year-old and we've already gone to the... the we've the, already the gone through my <laughs> So, if you want to listen to... Um, I would say slightly less sexually charged episodes, but no, they're beginning hornier. Um, we are on Spotify and iTunes and all sorts of podcasting services. Um, so subscribe, leave us a review. And while you're there, also check out the rest of the fan critical podcast. Um, all sorts of podcasts focusing on uh, movies and TV shows. At the moment, they're doing a series on Lovecraft Country. Um, I believe that show is coming to a wrap soon, season one, and I've heard nothing but good things. So if you're on it, check it out. Fantastic show. If you want to read up about and keep up to date with all the news reviews. We have a storymodegaming.com. We've also got a brand new review from our very own Lauren. Um, she reviewed Kit Fox Games' Lucifer Within Us. Lucifer Within Us. So go check that one out. We're also on Twitter at StoryModeOz, on Instagram at StoryModeGaming, and on Facebook at StoryModeGamingOz. Make sure you give us a like on Facebook because we are currently giving away a copy of Spider-Man, Spider-Man Miles Morales for PS5. So go enter into that one. Um, we're also on Patreon if you want to chuck a couple of bucks our way so we can buy a handful of Res Vibration Controllers. Um, <laughs> you search for Fan Critical, chuck us a couple of bucks. Um, you'll get actual access to extra shows, get access to a Discord server run by Simon, and we get to put vibrators all sorts of places, you know what I mean? Um, could, we do a, could we do a Res Vibrator giveaway if we actually did get a handful of them? Legally, no. Could it be second Legally, hand? no. <laughs> Health and safety would just come for us. Yeah, but like, you don't want to get one of these. It's like yeah, it's in like sandwich, like it's in a sandwich bag. It's like, <laughs> why is there condensation on the inside of this bag? Oh Jesus mm. Christ! Why do I have to buy this at a garage sale? Um, <laughs> is that mold? <laughs> Boo! <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to our fucking garbage. Keelan, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks. Simon, thanks for ruining my night. <laughs> You're very welcome. And everyone else, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, stay safe. Be nice to other. Go play some games. And have fun. Catch you next week. Bye. 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 Too horny, that one.